the people that I work with and the people that listen to this show are ones that are ideologues and they're dreamers and they want to expand and they want to find that level of fulfillment. They want their life to be something more. Right. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. I'm surrounded by an idiot. You know, it sounded like such a good idea at the time. And now I'm not so sure about this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tony Dufresne. This is where we talk all millennial all the time. It's about rising above the unwashed masses to find uh, your life and to live life on your own damn terms. Am I right? You are right. Oh, God. I don't know. This, Like I said, this is, I don't know if this is such a good idea. So the special guest this week is my, <laughs> is my daughter, Rachel. Rachel, how are you? I'm good. How yeah, are you? I'm, I'm doing well. So the reason that you're on is uh, numerous reasons. We've talked about having you on for a while, even back to the walk of shame stuff with you and Josh. You are 20, well, I say 25, right? Because you will be pretty soon. But you're 25, you're a millennial, you have... Uh, student loan debt. You've got, uh, you have your grad degree stuff. You are actually in a job. You're teaching and you have a daughter and your prego. Yeah. Life's crazy. So, so, right. So you got two. So that's why I thought this would be a good way to sort of bring about a different type of millennial issue for everybody out there. Depending upon even if you have kids or not, it's really not the point. It's about big transitions. And we talked about quarter life crisis. I did before with Mariah and a little bit with Amanda. And I wanted to get your thoughts on all the stuff that happened and how you kind of handled that. I think it's important for people to, when you get to the other side of the mountain and you're and you're still dealing with stuff and that's understandable, but going through, uh, tell us when you got pregnant and how you dealt with that uh, still going to school and trying to graduate and trying to balance that in a relationship and starting a family and a career and trying to figure out what the hell you want to do. Yeah, it was really overwhelming because <clears throat> we found out we were expecting senior year of um, of my undergrad degree. And um, it was it was really scary. I don't know. I, I still didn't know what I want to do with my life. So um, which is perfectly fine. And we've <laughs> talked about that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm still trying to figure out figure out what I want to do. But yeah, it was really overwhelming at first. I think it helped to have a strong strong partner in in it all. I think that made like the biggest difference out of everything as I wasn't going through it alone. I had I had Josh there with me. Um and he was really supportive, but I don't know. I think the the transition was it was definitely motivation finding out I was pregnant. I was that is that extra push I needed to graduate. How so? How was that motivation for you? Well, I was motivated already, but I felt like it was lagging a little because I didn't know what I wanted to do after I graduated. So that extra push that I needed wasn't really there because so, I didn't sort of like incentive to incentive to graduate. Right now, now it's because why? Because now you're well, you have, uh, I, added responsibility. Right, I knew that I needed to set a good example for my child, and I. I was like, I'm not going to have this kid without graduating college. Like, that's for sure. So I think that was the extra push I needed. 
Um, what happened? I mean, not not to interrupt you going further with that, but I I, I think it's important to ask what was it that you were coming up against in going through? This is your undergrad we're talking about going into senior, junior or senior year when you don't exactly know what you want to do, because let's face it. I mean, really nobody, not hardly anybody really does know really what, and even if they think that they do know what they want to do when they get out of school, they go, Oh, wait a minute. That might not be what that might not be. what. That's exactly what I did. I'm, I'm doing something totally different than what I went to undergrad for. So, what was the what were you coming up against as a junior or a senior and how did you kind of continue on with that what did you do well first of all being in the arts you is often discouraging but when you're passionate about it that's what keeps you keeps you in it to begin with so like in theater with for me i i've always loved theater you know i grew up doing shows and stuff i I don't know when i started did my first show i was like oh you're like what six or six seven or, or seven something? Yeah, yeah i yeah. love it i love theater and i love performing and i knew that was a passion of mine but coming up against junior senior year i kind of second guessed myself is this really what i want to do is this really something that i can adapt my lifestyle to why is it that they came up at that time i think because i was entering the stages of Find a career and uh, figure the, your the real, life the out. Realization of, uh, <laughs> the realization of paying bills. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, basically, what am I gonna what am I gonna do when this is all over? And I think I thought to myself, you know, I'm gonna have this degree, but I know so many people with the same degree who have had such struggles in their life using it, and I think that that gave me some fear. And so I started thinking like, what if this, what if this isn't for me? You know, I love doing it, but what if there's something else I want to try? And, um, I think I felt misunderstood, um, just in, in the place that I was at as far as where I wanted to go and, and how that was. Misunderstood from who? Um, I, I don't know. That's a really good question. From yourself, maybe? Yeah, I just felt like... Because it's confusing when you get to that point. It really, that brings up an amazingly great point. Uh, And that happens, and it doesn't even matter if you're in the arts, or if you're in finance, or if you're in accounting, or if you're in everything. When you go through process, and especially such an incubator, I call it an incubator process during college, because you really, if you open yourself up, you can learn an amazing amount of information about yourself. And really who you are and what you're all about. And you also find out during that time, some of the motivations that got you into that major or into that school or you even into college in general weren't your own motivations. They were motivations because you thought you needed to go to school or your parents sort of made you, I'm using air quotes, go to school or there's an expectation that you're supposed to, that there was really no alternative. That's kind of your path, whereas it may not be. It may, But the funny thing is, is that you kind of have to go through those first couple few years to really dig deep and try to figure your own shit out until you realize that. Yeah. So it's a weird kind of a catch 22. Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people and I, when I was a sophomore going into junior year myself, I almost just bailed because I'm like, I don't even want to fucking do this. I just don't want. I had like five different majors. Yeah, I yeah. think I tried to double major at one point too. You did, yeah. Yeah, it 
And then I had a minor and then I switched my minor and then I wanted to switch my major. And finally you were like, no. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and it, do you remember what I told you at the, when, during that tumultuous time, during that time where you're like, I just don't know what the hell's going on here. My whole thing was, and I say this to everybody, it, it doesn't matter. You could, like I said, you can be an accountant, you could be an artist, you can be a musician, just, just finish Yeah. because you, you have plenty of time afterwards to take what you've learned because you just, when you're in the drama uh, or arts thing, you don't just learn arts or drama. You learn communication, relationship, collaboration, how to deal with other people, socialization skills, all of those things that you learn. And you could even be an accountant or an engineer like Josh is. Yeah. And you still, it's a, it's not about the damn major. I keep telling everybody that. They get hung up on that because they think, okay, now I'm labeled as a fill yeah. in the blank like you. I'm labeled as an actress. And now I guess I have to do that. Did you did you find that you came up against that? And was that a big issue? Yeah, I actually think that that was probably one of the things that made me come to that crossroads of I don't know if I want to do this because a lot of my fellow co- cohorts that I was graduating with had these big plans of moving to LA and, and New York and oh, they already had gigs lined up. And I was sitting here like, I I haven't even thought about what I'm going to eat for breakfast tomorrow. And you guys already know what you're doing with your life. And I think that's what probably made me doubt where I was going with my major. But that's a great point. A lot of people have that same exact feeling because they see other people moving forward in something that you think you should be moving forward in? How how did you deal with that? Um well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know some <laughs> days. Some days I just had a lot of pizza. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. I think I just uh I think I just had to keep telling myself what we talked about, like this isn't going to define who I am. And, you know, there's a big plan for me and I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to push through and I'm going to get done and I'm going to figure, figure my life out basically. Um, the good thing I feel like about that major is I, I honestly have no, no regrets as far as being a theater major. I think it really shaped me into the adult that I am now and it's given me a lot of skills that I've needed and, um, now, even as a teacher, it has given me so many valuable life lessons and skills that I use every single day and don't even realize it all like the time. Like what? What do you think? Um, communicating with my with my students and parents, just communication in general, um, bringing a more um, engaging approach to the classroom. Like theater, theater is so underrated, and it doesn't get the attention that it that it really probably should. Just um, the benefits that it has on, on any career. Yeah. Cause, cause I think it's about relationships and it's about expression and it's about understanding feelings and emotions. And more, most specifically, I think theater deals a lot with empathy and it gets you to become a character or to relate to a character. Definitely. And you, and you know, and in a theater environment, you, you know where the, it's, it's sort of a cheat because you already know where the other character's coming from. And it gives you an idea of being in their head. Right. But that's really should be our goal every single day is to not is to understand that we, that it's the same thing in playing a character in theater and other people playing other characters. They don't live in the same world that we do. 
But the key is to understand that and also to relate to them in that space in between your world and theirs. Right. It's like you're you're acting in the game of life. Kind that's of. exactly what it is. Oh, I mean, I think that's what it is. Now, in terms of you working with kids, because you're dealing with first graders? Second. They're about seven, Se- seven. eight years old. Well, uh, how is that going? Because we talked a little bit about that. And because that's the Generation Z. Yeah. And not and not the millennials now. So this is the the next generation coming up. As a millennial, what are you seeing? Um, <laughs> I have to say, on a positive note, I I love my students and I love I love my job, which is which is important. Like the atmosphere that I'm in is is very positive. So that always makes a huge difference. But um, I've noticed from being a second year teacher that in the past two years. Kids have just gotten really lazy. How so? They just don't want to think. They, But I think a lot of it has to do with the way that, that we've been taught and the way that we've taught them to think. Which is, which is what? Just to, to memorize everything and to, to just, you know, this is how you basically as teachers, and I'm not saying every teacher, there are some incredible teachers out there who I highly respect, but... I think, you know, our our generation, our past generations, and, you know, since education first began, we were taught this is how this is, and this is how you answer this. And I think it's finally gotten down to the point where now kids feel like they don't need to think. They just need to memorize what they're supposed to. I think that's so fascinating because it's the millennial generation that is trying to change that. You guys are the most vocal and the most ideological in trying to shift that whole mentality, that linear memorization mentality over to more of a critical thinking, collaboration. Uh, again, I'm going to mention that book because I even gave you that book, that yeah. uh, Becoming Brilliant. Mm-hmm. God, everybody should read that book. It's fantastic. It's insane how good it is. It's two lifelong uh, PhD uh, researchers in learning and uh, behavioral and um, uh, child, I think child behavior. And they talk about the way that the system should be set up. And there's been so many uh, people at TED Talks and whatnot that have started the movement to change this whole thing about education away from memorization. I want to make mention of Finland uh, because Finland has the most effective school system they in, do. in the world, and they have no homework. Right. Uh, they only go to school what four or five hours, four maybe four or five hours a day or something like that. Four hours a day. It's and it is all about the C's, right? Uh, communication, collaboration, confidence, uh, content, content. Of course, you got to have content, but that's the problem. We we just focus on content. No, we all, most, we most only focus time. on content. So why is it that do you see do you see the current? group of millennial teachers coming in are are they buying into that or are they just falling into the system that exists why isn't things why aren't things changing faster i think it's hard um i want to point out first that i think the reason that i get so frustrated you know i'm a millennial and we're talking about how we're the ones changing the way that things are done and the way we think and I think that's where one of my biggest frustrations come with teaching is because I'm coming into a system where I'm like, okay, let's let's not do this anymore. Like it's obviously hasn't been working. What can we do to make these kids really get the most out of out of their school and out of their learning and out of their education? So 
I think that a lot of us have a lot of us millennials have the same thought process in it because I saw it in grad school. I saw it with my cohorts and how they um, how they would want to run their classroom is a lot of hands on. Um, but the, the problem is you're going into a system that's so heavily structured that one millennial or two millennials or even five millennials in one school can't change the system. What can you do? Because this is the question that all my clients, my millennial clients ask me. They say, listen, we want to go into a workforce. We we know ideologically what how we want to shift things. We can't deny that. We can't go against our principles in terms of seeing things a different way. We don't see things linear anymore. We are on a value system, not a rule system. And we're going into this Gen X and baby boomer system that first of all doesn't work. Right. Most for for the most part. The second is they're trying to enhance that and they're and they're going in as just the young bottom of the rung of the ladder millennial. Have you found a way to sort of chip at the edges to start making some changes? Yeah, actually, just like a week ago, <laughs> um, I got to a point where I um, I was frustrated because I was following a specific curriculum that was provided, not required by my school, which is awesome because some schools require that you follow it and there's no way out. Um, I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to be in a really great school that allows us to kind of shift things, which, which is great. It's just kind of learning how, right? Cause the students are so used to a certain way of learning. So, um, I think the biggest thing that you can do is find different ways to incorporate those five C's, those collaboration and creativity and using all of that to kind of make your own thing where you're not breaking the rules of the school. You're not breaking the rules of the job that you're in or um, you're not going against your boss because that wouldn't be, you know, that wouldn't be okay. But you're kind of finding ways to sneak in things that allow you to say, oh, you know what? I'm really making a change right now. And you see it. You see it, especially as a teacher. You see, oh, okay, what I just did, like that, that really made a difference. And I don't know why they haven't been doing that longer. Well, a lot of you guys say that. <laughs> and it's true because the thing is that the longer you go, the more you realize that uh, things move forward and we learn more. There's more research out there. There's more levels of understanding of how things work and how things don't, especially when, in regards to learning. Uh, and I think that is the point of the whole podcast. And the whole point of the podcast is the same thing I talk about all the time. It's bridging. It's about understanding what you want to do and also understanding how things are. Yeah. Balance is, I think, the most difficult thing. Balance and then finding your ways to sneak in there and and figure out how you can be fulfilled in your current position. Oh, that, that brings up a big thing. Without getting frustrated because right. I've, I've called in tears before frustrated over the fact that I feel like I'm not I'm basically useless because I'm just following what I'm, what I'm told to follow and I'm not really creating anything new. Is there a way to diminish or to, to completely eliminate the frustration or is that just part of the process? I think it depends on the kind of person you are. I am the kind of person that feels like I always need to be creating something or doing something different or, um, helping, helping something evolve. So for me, I feel like I'm constantly frustrated <laughs> because if I don't feel like I'm doing something right, 
as far as um, my career goes or, or at least going in the right direction of to where I think I'm going to actually make a difference in what I'm doing, then I get really discouraged. But I think other people are fine with just kind of cruising in their work, you know, and um, they have good days, they have bad days, they just they just cruise though, which is also a positive thing. There are pros and cons to both. There are, and I, I always call that kind of the matrix thing, to where some people are just cool yeah. with, uh, and their identity is getting out of school or getting out of high school or, or trade or whatever, and then going to their job and doing that, hanging out with their friends and partying with their friends and playing Xbox and kind of doing their gig. And some people are totally cool with that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not our audience. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are like that. Most, you know, that's why the whole thing is surrounded by idiots. It's not, idiots is not a negative term. So sometimes it is because sometimes you're surrounded by a bunch of fucking idiots. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just what it is. But overall, it's about, it's about the understanding that most people, and it's a flat, it's not a, it's a flat out fact. Most people are just cool or they're just, they're on that survival level to where as long as they got money coming in and they can pay their bills every month and they'll bitch and whine about not having enough or be envious of somebody who has a better car than they are, than they have, you know, all that's going to be the case, but they're just kind of cool with kind of grooving along at that midline kind of surviving. Whereas the people that I work with and the people that listen to this show are ones that are ideologues and they're dreamers and they want to expand and they want to find that level of fulfillment. They want their life to be something more. Right. It's and, frustrating. And it, and and that's why I asked you because, and I didn't ask you to set you up for the thing because I think you, you answered it extremely honestly and very on purpose. I think frustration, you can't get away from it because I think the frustration is really almost a uh, a road sign to say, okay, I've hit that, I've hit my head up against the wall again. Now, how do I get around this one? Right. And it's it's the way to to really guide you in in terms of you understanding that you're continuing to expand. Right. Because you're going to always run up against that. That's the whole thing that people don't understand. They think that once you they think that first of all, I, I I'm trying to think. I really don't know anybody who has a as a clear, exact purpose on exactly what their life is all about and what they want to do. Because it doesn't have anything to do with understanding your purpose and moving forward with that. It's about understanding the things that mean things to you and how you want your life to be and how you want to live your life every single day and living in purpose. Right. And that will take you, that expansion, when you set that up within yourself and you act on that every single day with how you how you react to things and how you act with people and the actions that you take, that will take you and expand your life into the direction that it will go. Right. I think it's hard. It's very difficult um, to be in that position. And it's funny because I, in the past, have been really um, jealous of Josh, of my husband, Josh, because I feel like he just has his whole life figured out <laughs> which he got in his mind he kind of he, but he's he's an engineer he is he yeah. we think we think black and white it's yeah. uh <laughs> it's we're completely opposite in in the best way possible but you know he's the kind of person that loves waking up to go to work which is awesome like it makes me happy when he's happy but he loves going to work he loves waking up he he knows what he wants to do. He knows what position he wants to reach in the company and he's going for it. And some days I just want to be like, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> some people aren't tormented by things, by life expansion things. They they they're just in they're in their groove. Yeah, and that's a great thing to be in. I mean, so yeah. but but again, that brings up a great point. And the great point is, some people just have that thing where they're in their groove and they and they're rolling along and they're very they're and he's very focused. Yes, on what and it's not like he's he's not floundering around just in a survival type of area. He's in a he's in a continued improvement and continued expansion, but he has a really solid linear idea of where that what that means. Right. Whereas artists, which are a different breed completely, artists' mind, if you're an artist, you know what you're I'm talking crazy. about. You're <laughs> crazy. Yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's not, it's not A, B, C, D, E. It's, it's like A, one. Orange. Sim- symbol. Star. Purple. Yeah. <laughs> elephant. That, that's an artist. It's all dimensional. It's all over the place. And it's. It's a it's a whole different gig, and I think I truly think because that's how my mind is, and we've talked about that a thousand times with you growing up and me raising you how I did because I saw your you being an artist very early on, and it's and I think I think you just have to come to the to the conclusion that you deal with frustration yeah. and it comes up. But the thing is, is it, and what I believe is is that that just leads to more fulfillment and more joy as you act on that and as you find a way around it or you find a way to build on it i agree i just i wanted to hit on the parenting that oh, we were okay. talking okay. about earlier i think that you came up with a couple of really good points okay lay it on me well, <laughs> don't look at me you brought it up i know what 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 point do you want to bring um up? just just on you know how how I was raised um, horribly by the way man I just had one messed up dad. Well I'm sorry <laughs> just but you, you just, all I'm saying you needed to get the shit beat out of you constantly. <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding you know I had you a know? great dad. I think that you had brought up a good point earlier about you know how you raised me and how I'm trying to figure out how to raise my own children and the struggles you come up against and the um, misunderstanding that happens along with that and just kind of pushing through and finding how to, um, cause there's no, there's no correct way to parent. There's none. It just, it's kind of a day to day hour to hour thing. Right. You, you just do the best that you can. And I mean, but that's why I think education is really important and learning from people who have done it in the past is really important and being open too. Being open to things and not being so stuck on things that maybe your parents did or your parents did not do. I think right. that has a lot to do with it. I think so too. I I admire the fact that you allowed me so much freedom and time to explore. I think that really helped shape me into the the person I am. And and I think that's big on how I want to raise, you know, my kids and how how Josh and I have been trying to to raise Eve because she's a lot like me, apparently. <laughs> Karma's a bitch. Uh, she's just yeah. <laughs> she is exact. She's a mini me of you, but, actually. Um, I've I've found that allowing her that freedom to kind of figure out who she is has helped her tremendously. So And I think that has that's the best part about the whole millennial movement that I've seen anyway, is the fact that you guys are much more ideological and much more understanding of the dimensional aspects of things and the true meaning and and values. And I think that with that going forward as a parent, 
that re- that's huge because you're not stuck in the dogma of the or the way things were when you were a kid or the linear thing or the children should be seen and not heard or anything. I think that provides a much better environment for your kids to grow up their own person. Right. So yeah, I have a lot of respect for that. Yeah. That's what that's what we're constantly trying to work on at home too. Cause you come up against you come up against things all the time where it's like, well, you question yourself as a parent. Well, should I if I do it this way, then this. But if I do it this way, then this. And especially when you have, you know, two different perspectives. So you know, it's just it's an interesting topic and yeah, it's an interesting dynamic too because uh, not only new parents, but new millennial parents and people with different perspectives on things. Yeah. So it's a matter of, and again, that comes down to the age-old life issue of communication and collaboration yeah. and creativity. And, so it all ties together. And it all ties together. And it's the same thing you do with your boss or same thing you do with your, your professor or your sister or your mom or anybody. And it's a matter of understanding their particular perspective and move and and yours and then trying to figure out a way to move the chess piece right both of you guys it's like the ouija board it's a teamwork thing it really is it always comes down to teamwork and with kids but that's a big beef that i got when i was bringing you up because i brought you up in in an environment in a gen x environment to where people weren't they weren't as open to giving kids a lot of rope to have them find themselves as they are now, but still you guys come up against that because some people are very linear in terms of being super duper structured and keeping their kids in a really small bubble. Right. Uh, and have you run up uh, against that or do you see that changing with the, cause you know, I mean, it seems like everybody, you know, is pregnant or with kids. Yeah. Now. I have a lot of friends. It's a weird I just had, I just had like six girlfriends who, who had their baby in the past month. God, six. Jeez. So, what, you guys aren't supposed to have kids until you're like 30, 35. What, what's the deal with you guys? I don't know. It's crazy. Holy crap. It's awesome though. I mean, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think having kids young is awesome. You have the, well, sometimes have the energy <laughs> to deal with it. Um, but what was the are question? you are you coming up against the same thing in regards to people? Because that's the that's the whole stigma of the millennial is you guys are you know putting uh, gold stars on your kids' heads and giving them participation trophies, just like you got when right. you were a kid. Because um, and. So it really creates monsters. These these are the kids that are screaming their heads off in the middle of Target. Right. Which is unacceptable. Just kidding. Which is unacceptable. <laughs> That's bullshit. Um, I mean, you know. You, it's hard to say because we've been in our own kind of parenting bubble where at times I've probably come up against someone questioning my parenting and I probably just blew it off, to be honest with you, because I was so focused on doing what I believed was the right thing for my kid. So I, I'm sure I come across it every day and I know that there have been, you know, some people that disagree with how I parent, but that's every parent, you know, there's all, look at social media. They, they completely just trash parents sometimes on doing something that, that shouldn't have been, you know, yeah, well, that's the problem with social media is the you, there's a critic. I mean, anybody can be a critic on any of that kind of stuff. Right. But to answer your question, um, I'm sure I've come up 
against, you know, people not agreeing with how I parent or the way I parent, but I feel like it hasn't affected me because I've been really focused in trying to do what, what Josh and I believe is right for our kids. And so. you guys have talked about that and you under, and you're on the same page, yeah. which is the most important thing being right. on the same page as parents. Yeah. But that goes into, that goes into something I want to wrap the show up with is that, that you got pregnant in your senior year, you finished your senior year, you actually got really good grades in your last thing. You got your undergrad, you turned around and with a small child, you went to grad school, you got engaged and you got married and you guys got a house and you got a job and he got a job out of college. So all of those things, millennial, you're a millennial, right? yes. all those, all those things you accomplished and they're doable. They are very doable. You just have to, you have to keep pushing. Keep pushing through. There, there are really, really good days, and there are really, really low days, and you just have to keep, keep pushing. I mean, all you hear is that, oh, well, I can't do anything because I got really, I got really high student loans. I can't do anything because I still live with my parents. I can't do anything because, you know, I, I, just I wanna, got out of school and I don't know what I want to do. I just want to throw out there: we owe over like fifty grand in student loans, and we're we're making it happen. So if we can do it. Any of you can do it. Right, because it, because any of that stuff, it is what it is, and I understand that it is what it is, but it shouldn't stop you from living your life right. and growing and expanding. Exactly. So that is it. Thanks, Rach. I appreciate it. Thank you. Very much. So you can listen to all the podcasts. You can see all the videos and all the fun stuff that I have on uh, javabud.com. It's a Surrounded by Idiots a radio podcast. Or it's under the podcast posting thing online. So you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And I also post it on my Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so you can get links that you can go on there. And again, you can go to jobbird.com and all that fun stuff. So uh, thanks, Rich, again. I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week.